Tonight on Global News, the bitter effect of the Rogers sugar strike. We've changed some of our um, recipes to um, use sugar alternatives. How ongoing job action could change the taste and price of baked goods this holiday season. Plus, Wolf Dog on the loose. And he just walks by, sniffs around, and continues on. The clever canine evading capture and the warning for pet owners. Also tonight, running with rhythm. I kind of married two passions of mine, the drumming and the running. A musical marathoner drumming up support for a good cause by running across the province. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thank you for joining us. Tonight likely won't be the best night to be on the roads in the BC interior. Environment Canada is warning that freezing rain and ice pellets are on the way. In a special weather statement, Environment Canada says a frontal system will move across the BC interior tonight and into tomorrow morning. The entire area should be prepared for freezing rain and ice pellets during the night. The Coquihalla Highway from Hope to Kamloops plus Highway 3 from Hope to Princeton are also under this special weather statement. With more on the freezing rain we can expect overnight and a wind warning, we bring in meteorologist Yvonne Schau. Yvonne. Travis, we are tracking a system that is moving in and all areas along the coast will be seeing very wet and windy conditions are already starting to track the rain now, moving its way across Vancouver Island, but the potentials there, we could see power outages with some of those winds, gusts of up to 70, but the western edge of the island could see some of those gusts of up to 110 kilometers per hour, and we're also looking at the risk of fallen trees. As we look ahead overnight and towards the morning hours, we've got a north to northwesterly wind that'll pick up and ramp up. It'll be very windy for the morning hours, that's where we could see the potential for some power outages and then the precipitation is actually going to taper off quite quickly as we get in towards the afternoon. Wanted to highlight a few areas so the wind warning along the western edge of the island could see gusts of up to 110 100 kilometers per hour and it's areas in towards the interior for traveling along the mountain passes the central interior also included within that that's where you can see the risk of freezing rain we've got this warm air aloft it'll still be cold along the surfaces that'll be for the morning and then a bit of a transition as we get in towards the afternoon more coming up very shortly. Travis. Okay, thanks Yvonne. Police in BC are in damage control mode today over the leak of a sensitive document relating to the deadly gang conflict. Abbotsford Police and the Combined Forces Special Enforcement Unit became aware that intelligence information was posted to an unnamed online media site. Investigators have since identified how the information was compromised and the document has been taken down. They say the naming of people in the document does not necessarily mean they are involved in illegal activity. Police are now actively contacting those who've been affected by the release of information. I cannot comment further on the specifics of the leaked documents about this situation, but in a broad sense, any kind of leak of sensitive information does have potentially damaging results to investigations or evidence being brought forward on cases that ensure our public safety. The RCMP has also been called in to investigate, while notifications have been issued to both the Privacy Commissioner and the Police Oversight Body. Some of the sweet things in life are getting a little harder to find and more expensive due to a Vancouver labour dispute. Workers at the Rogers Sugar Plant have been on strike for seven weeks now and there's no end in sight. 
Angela Jung now with more on what's at issue and the impact it's having on consumers. It's a sweet tooth's paradise, but sugar is getting harder to find. They said they've had to start rationing, so we've had to do our own creative search for other suppliers. A sugar strike is taking its sweet time. Workers walked off the job at the Vancouver Rogers Sugar Refinery at the end of September. Since then, Golden Logs Bakery had to make some adjustments. Not too sweet, not too bitter, just right. We were able to be creative. This is one of three Rogers refineries in the country, and the company wants to ramp up production. We believe that moving the Vancouver plant to a seven days a week schedule, which is a continuous shift, uh, is something that um, it is important for us to serve the market. You know, that, that's something that we're not willing to entertain. The union representing the 138 workers says its members do not want to switch to a continuous shift. It's a work-life balance. We told the company that as long as that was part of their proposal, we didn't feel that there was any more reason to get back to the table. Talks have now stalled. Is this the last of your sugar up here? And supply is getting low. Here at the McGill grocery store, this is where the white sugar would have been stocked, but as you can see, it's all gone now. And the owner says even brown sugar has been difficult to come by, which doesn't bode well for the holiday baking season. At major grocery chains, it can be a hit or a miss. I shop and bake all the time, and um, I've been in our store and there's no sugar on the shelves. What the shelf looks like now for sugar. Wow, eh? Yeah. That's crazy, so I guess you better get in there and grab some. I got my sugar before, so I got enough for a while. Back at Goldilocks, it's Christmas wish for the parties to reach a deal. I'm hopeful. Because sugar is the icing on the cake. Angela Jung, Global News. It looks like another unrelated Rogers labor dispute is coming to an end. United Steelworkers Union members who have been locked out at Rogers Communications for the past two and a half weeks held a rally in Vancouver. Federal NDP leader Jagmeet Singh and MP Jenny Kwan were also there. The former Shaw employees reached a tentative deal in talks late Friday night. We're happy to bring this to the membership on Monday. Uh, we'll be ratifying it hopefully uh, Monday afternoon uh, in Metrotown, uh, Hilton, and uh, get back to, uh, to work on Wednesday. The federal NDP leader, Jagmeet Singh, says anti-strike breaker legislation recently introduced in Ottawa will help protect workers who find themselves on the picket line. BC New Democrats have gathered in Victoria this weekend to plan strategy ahead of next year's provincial election. It's the first in-person gathering since the pandemic and the first for David Eby as Premier since taking over from John Horgan last November. Our Richard Zisman was there. You are going to get a more supportive crowd than at convention, and that's in part why Premier David Eby used this opportunity to test drive some new lines when it comes to the upcoming provincial election. In 11 months, British Columbians will go to the polls, and Premier Eby will continue to send a similar message. Under the NDP, there will be services that are maintained rather than cut, and those that historically have fallen behind 
mind will be brought up. This in the face of the fact that BC has become one of the most unaffordable regions in North America and there continues to be cost pressures due to global inflation. Those who have profited from the housing crisis, from the climate crisis, from the toxic drug crisis, they're not going to go quietly. Our opponents are going to throw everything they can in our way to keep everything that they want. EB also starting a new line of attack when it comes to BC United leader Kevin Falcon, saying Falcon is just a rich developer and those are the sort of people he will look out for if he becomes premier. EB also lashing out against BC United around their stance on the carbon tax, saying if there is a change in Ottawa and the Conservatives come into power, the NDP here is willing to be the only province to keep a carbon tax. It's our children who stand to lose the nature that surrounds us. They will pay the price, and this place will never be the same. As a dad, I know we can't afford to fail. While others falter, we will stand strong. E.B. and his wife, Dr. Kaylee Lynch, also presenting some personal information. Next June, the family will welcome their third child. E.B. says he may take a little bit of time before heading to the campaign trail in an attempt to win the 2024 election. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. A close call in North Vancouver Friday night after a rollover crash of a commercial vehicle at the Mountain Highway exit. Firefighters say the driver of this vacuum truck lost control of the vehicle as it was heading down the cut early Friday afternoon. The driver managed to steer the rig off the highway without hitting any other vehicles. The truck was apparently carrying diesel and transmission fluid. It took almost six hours for a hazmat team to clean up. It's believed no fluid or fuel leaked into the environment. An investigation is ongoing, but it's believed the truck had some sort of mechanical failure. Traffic on the Okanagan connector is moving again following a lengthy shutdown on Friday after a commercial truck carrying chemicals caught fire. As Victoria Famia reports, the incident left some motorists in need of a tow truck. A wall of fire covered the Okanagan connector on Friday when a transport truck carrying dangerous goods burst into flames. No one was injured, but the fire left commuters stranded for hours. I uh, saw a five-ton Penske rental truck on the side of the road with his uh, rear tires on fire. And uh, so I stopped and ran over and made sure that the driver was out and everyone was okay. Uh, but then I noticed the, uh, the placards, the hazardous material placards on the back. Hollier is a retired firefighter from Vancouver who came across the fire. He said the waybill showed the contents of the truck contained mercury and lead. In a joint statement to Global News, the Ministry of Transportation and the Ministry of Environment said since the truck was carrying dangerous material, crews had to set up a safety zone of one kilometer around the incident. This is now all that's left of the truck that went up in flames on Friday. The incident left Highway 97C shut down in both directions for almost 17 hours and it just reopened Saturday morning at 4 a.m. A West Kelowna towing company was called out to multiple drivers who became stuck or lost after trying to find ways around the closure. Everybody who's being rerouted up by uh, gets up Princeton. Um, and we had one call, there wasn't too much cell service, but um, we had one call up there and then we had three more additional when my driver was on the way up there. 
In total, Enviro Metal towing helped 11 vehicles off the road. In one case, search and rescue was called in. We were working with search and rescue uh, last night as well, um, regards to a key and a lady was stuck in there that we located. Um, and that they actually went and rescued her. Along with major delays, motorists had to deal with poor road conditions. Pretty much everybody that we did rescue kind of slid into a bear uh, embankment. So we were able to get most of them out except for two vehicles without any damage. The Ministry of Transportation said the cause of the fire is unknown, but there do not appear to be any collisions and road conditions were not a factor. Victoria Famia, Global News. Another warning today about a scam that's been targeting B.C. seniors. There have been nine cases of the so-called grandparent scam reported to Abbotsford Police in recent months. Five of the cases resulted in people aged 72 to 92 being bilked out of close to $25,000. Scammers posing as lawyers or police contact the victims, saying a family member has been in an accident or requires money to pay for damages. The son of Canadian Punjabi editor and publisher Tara Singh Hare is reflecting on the death of his father on the 25th anniversary of his murder. On November 18, 1998, Tara Singh Hare was gunned down while getting out of his car at his Surrey home. Hare was an outspoken critic of fundamentalist violence and was a key witness in the trial of the Air India bombing. He was the founder of the Indo-Canadian Times and one of the only journalists in Canada to be killed specifically for their work. Hare's son Dave is a former Surrey MLA. He says his father always told him it's important to stand up against the injustice in the community. I even remember telling my, talking to my dad a week before. I said, Dad, you know, maybe you should stop talking about this in India. Other one, your life will be spared. And he asked me, is it the right thing to do by speaking up against terrorism? I said, yes. He said, you think somebody else should be giving this information, speaking about it? I said, yes, but you have paid high price for it already because you're paralyzed on wheelchair. And he said, well, how can I ask somebody else to speak up, stand up? I'm not willing to stand up myself. Harris says the family will be holding a private ceremony to honor his father. He appears to be half dog, half wolf, and has become quite the escape artist. Even cheeseburgers haven't been enough to help snag the sneaky creature that's been roaming Vancouver Island for months. Alyssa Tebow now with the story of the wily wolf known simply as WD-40. Come here. Hey. He's come close, but is proving tough to catch. For about two months, locals just west of Parksville on Vancouver Island have been told to be on the lookout for a wolf dog. The mixed breed animal, believed to be about 70 kilos, has come close to traps set for him, but always walks off. He knows where the trap is, he knows the food, but he just doesn't like the food that we're putting in, like McDonald's cheeseburger, roast chicken. He's either getting fed up there, or the rabbits are really good, one of the two. Come here, you. Come on. Because of his slippery tactics, he's been given the name WD-40. It's believed he was kept as a pet, but dumped by his owner. A community member called in Gary Shade with find and lost escaped dogs Vancouver Island. Conservation won't touch it. Animal control won't touch it. So he's kind of in the middle. So it's kind of up to the private people to get it. Shade says the animal has claimed this large area to himself. At least one dog has been attacked and there have been some close calls with humans. He's followed a couple of girls on a horse there last Friday. 
and then just went off in the bush. Members of the public are being asked to stay away from the area until the animal is caught. A trail cam is set up on this live trap so Shade can see when his target is nearby. It's going to be a slow process. You know, we've got to get the right food that he likes and he's got to get hungry enough. Shade says a local woman with experience raising wolf dogs is ready to give WD-40 a home once he's caught. Alyssa Thibault, Global News. A special release has taken place for an owl that was hit by a car in Vancouver's West End. This northern sawwet owl required six weeks of rehabilitation before it could set free back into the wild. The owl had suffered injuries to one of its eyes and had to be treated at the Wildlife Centre. The owl made a full recovery and was released at North Vancouver's Braemar Park Friday night. Still to come, as hundreds flee Gaza City, concerns for the sick and injured. Claims that staffing levels at Gaza's biggest hospital have dwindled down to just a handful of workers. Also ahead, Disney and Apple among the major corporations pulling business from social media platform X after remarks made by Elon Musk. Hundreds, possibly thousands, gathered in downtown Vancouver this afternoon for another rally in support of Palestinians. Calls for a ceasefire could be heard around the Vancouver Art Gallery Plaza as the conflict in Gaza enters its sixth week, with Israeli airstrikes continuing to hammer the territory. Those at the Vancouver rally had a message for the Prime Minister. I think with the atrocities and the genocide that's been happening, people are obviously outraged. These images we're seeing before our eyes, um, I think people have the right to be angry and demand the ceasefire from our Prime Minister, who's been very dismissive of our demands. Ceasefire now, Justin Trudeau, and the occupation. We have to take a stand for human rights. Protesters made their way down Georgia Street to Science World, accompanied by police. Israel is expanding its ground offensive in the heart of Gaza and has reportedly ordered the immediate evacuation of its largest hospital. Mike Armstrong has the story and a warning. You may find some of the video disturbing. It is an accusation denied by the Israeli military, but of the people fleeing Gaza City Saturday, some were healthcare workers. They say they were forced out of Al Shifa Hospital by Israeli Defense Forces, given one hour to leave. <laughs> Dr. Ramez Radwa says what was Gaza's biggest hospital now has just a team of nurses and a single surgeon. Everyone else, he says, was forced to evacuate Al Shifa. Now, according to the Hamas-run health ministry, about 500 patients left at gunpoint. From a high of about 1,500 patients, it now holds only 125. People are dead and nobody buries them, says Mahad Bahith. There's no food or drink, and the shooting goes on 24 hours a day. Now, the IDF has been inside Shifa since Thursday and says it didn't push anyone out. Troops just helped people leave because they were asked to by the hospital administrator. That is what we've coordinated uh, um, throughout the day. And we've seen people leaving, at the, those that can. Now, airstrikes in the north continue. This is video of the aftermath of a reported strike Saturday on a UN school being used as a shelter. The Palestinian Health Ministry says at least 50 people were killed. 
The Israeli military continues to tell Gazans the south is safer, while it's also hitting what it considers military targets in the south. Health officials say this strike on a house killed 15. There were two rockets, according to this man, in an area he says Israel tells the world is safe. Gazan officials say since the beginning of this conflict, the death toll is now over 12,000, a number the United Nations says is credible, but they're also the injured, about 30,000. This man says there were about 80 people in a building that was hit in Khan Yunus, many of them were people who had left the north. Now, there are new warnings about that city. Israeli officials are urging civilians to leave. They say Hamas fighters may now be holed up there and people should move west. Something observers say could point to an Israeli ground offensive in that area. Israeli Prime Minister Saturday night said his troops will go wherever they have to to get Hamas fighters. People in the south, he said, will understand that soon enough. Benjamin Netanyahu was also asked about Hamas leadership living outside Gaza in places like Lebanon and Qatar. He said he considers all members of Hamas, even outside Gaza, dead men. Mike Armstrong, Global News, Jerusalem. Disney and Apple have decided to pull their business from X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. The decision comes after tech billionaire Elon Musk embraced an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory earlier in the, in the week. His comments replying to a post on the platform snowballed into companies pulling their business and more pausing advertising. These companies include Warner Brothers, Paramount and IBM. The Biden administration also commented on the situation, condemning Musk's remarks. White House spokesperson Andrew Bates stated that Musk had promoted anti-Semitic and racist hate, adding that it goes against the core values of Americans. Comcast and NBC Universal have also announced they'll be holding off on advertising on the platform. Still to come, concerns about a gap in mental health coverage. The new report that suggests many Canadians living with mental illnesses are not being reimbursed for their medications. And the musician turned marathoner pushing his physical limits all for a BC children's charity. Touring a province as large as BC is a challenge by any measure, especially if you're doing it on foot. We caught up with one man who's just completed that journey, providing inspiration for others like others before him. Paul Johnson has his story. The sight of a lone athlete on an empty Canadian highway. The running for me is really inspiring. If someone was to write the history of the long distance fundraising challenge, that person wouldn't be too far off concluding that it's a BC thing. Terry Fox, Rick Hansen, Steve Fonio are among the British Columbians who've stepped up for something bigger than themselves. Now, you can add the name Lyle Pova to that list. This is the Drum Run Adventure Tour, and it is a fundraiser for BC Children's Hospital. Pova started his epic run September 10th in Victoria, with a goal of running four legs throughout the province. After the Vancouver Island part, he ran from Prince Rupert to Prince George, through the Okanagan, and finally the Lower Mainland. He ran about a half marathon a day, 1,500 kilometers in 25 cities. How many 69-year-olds do something like that? If you try something that's a little bit difficult, 
and you actually achieve that and other people call you crazy, you've just moved from the place of maybe thinking about doing something to actually doing it. And once you've actually you've done, it, done it and you're doing it, it's not crazy anymore. By Friday, he was on the streets of Vancouver with a VPD motorcycle escort worthy of a politician's motorcade. Last count, he'd raised 40 grand for BC Children's Hospital. And what better way to celebrate than with one of the drum circles he's been holding along the way. It's safe to say that on the verge of 70, Lyle Pova is kind of a high energy guy. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News. A Burnaby nonprofit is hoping to secure a new space as it runs out of room at its current facility. The Burnaby Neighborhood House runs a number of services out of its North House location on Hastings Street. It serves all different ages and backgrounds from youth to seniors to immigrants. Board Chair Ted Weens says the search for a larger space has been ongoing for five years, but land is scarce in North Burnaby and rent is expensive everywhere they look. Um, the need keeps going up. 50,000 people uh, per month interacting uh, with this 2,000 square uh, foot location, which is um, basically the room uh, that you see behind me here and uh, in an, an adjacent room. And, and that's it. Uh, if we had a larger space, not only could we better accommodate the, the existing um, needs that we have, but we could start to bring in other programs as well. Ween says doubling the size of their current facility would help to continue to meet the needs of Burnaby residents, particularly when it comes to addressing food insecurity. They're also looking for partners to help with funding. A new report suggests there are major gaps in drugs covered for people suffering from mental illnesses. According to the report, over 50% of reimbursement recommendations for new medication for mental illness were unsuccessful. And on average, time from Health Canada approval to public reimbursement was over two and a half years after the medication was approved for Canadians. Community psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh says obtaining medications poses challenges for patients due to a complex healthcare system. All of these medications that we have access to, they all work, but they don't work in every brain. So my job as a psychiatrist is, if you require medication, to find the medication that fits for you, for your unique brains. It's called personalization, the right treatment for the right person at the right time. And that means we have we really have a need to have all of the options available that are possible to fit for that patient's individual needs. Still ahead on Global News, SpaceX launches the most powerful rocket ever built. Starship made its way into space today, but the trip didn't go quite as planned. We'll explain. The CKNW Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day campaign recognizes the importance of diversity. So let's lift each other up on Pink Shirt Day, Wednesday, February 28th. Presented by Fortis BC, energy for a better BC. 
Welcome back. Yvonne joins us now. Yvonne, it was a beautiful day out there today. Blue skies. Yeah, it was a nice start to our weekend with the sunshine in the mix, but a different weather story, especially as we get in towards this evening. The next storm that is approaching, very wet and windy along coastal areas, and the concern for the mountain passes will be the risk of freezing rain. A quick glance at our current uh, temperature. We're sitting at 7. We do have calm winds, but they're really going to start to pick up. Some of the gustiest conditions will be overnight and then leading in towards the morning hours. The rain has started to develop. We're seeing it along the western edge of the island with some heavier pockets as well and that's going to spread along the lower mainland as we get in towards this evening and then continuing in towards the morning hours. The big concern however for the interior regions we are going to see the potential and the risk of freezing rain but overnight and in towards tomorrow morning that's where we're seeing those winds picking up. Now the western edge of the island we could see those winds 80 with gusts of up to 100 kilometers per hour near Victoria 70 and gusts of up to 90. The lower mainland will be anywhere between 50 and potentially up to 70 but we could see some power outages anticipate that as we lead in towards the morning hours a few spots in towards the interior to note once again the central and southern interior will see the risk of freezing rain we've got cold temperatures on the surface but warm air aloft and also areas near the pine pass will see the potential with up to 10 centimeters of snow leading in towards tomorrow very wet and windy or very windy as well along Haida Gwaii and areas along the north coast so we are going to be tracking that taking us in towards tomorrow morning but as early as the afternoon there is going to be a clearing in terms of the precipitation along the coast, but still quite windy and towards the evening hours. And then the next system is going to move in late Monday along the northern half. And by Tuesday, we do have some rain once again in behind it. We'll have a nice break. So very wet and windy along the northern half of the province. The big concern for interior regions will be the potential, the risk of freezing rain. We may see a bit of a transition, though, with those temperatures above the freezing mark. We'll change over to a chance for some showers and it'll be similar for all areas into the southern interior and the southeastern corners. But along the mountain passes, you'll want to check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. But we are looking at that risk of freezing rain being a big concern in towards tomorrow morning. Winds tomorrow picking up, especially for the morning, tapering off late in the day. Mild though, Victoria with highs up to 11 degrees. Lower mainland will see the heaviest rainfall tomorrow morning should ease off towards the afternoon. It'll dry out. A nice break between systems on Monday with the sunshine. Next weather maker arriving on our Tuesday with highs up to 9. Travis? Okay, thanks Yvonne. A chilly night and morning did not discourage dozens of people from lining up in anticipation of this year's spirit release. At the Cambian 39th BC Liquor Store location in Vancouver, the first in line arrived at midnight to get their hands on highly sought after alcohol, including whiskeys, gins and new this year beers. The price range runs from $15 to more than $100,000. A limited number of people have been placed in a draw for the expensive and limited varieties. I think this is the best day of the year for all the whiskey and spirit enthusiasts to come out for the annual spirit release. We have a great selection of product. There's something for everyone. We have some liqueurs as well if you're not into whiskey. Come down and check it out. The highest prize item is the Bowmore Arc 52 Scotch worth $115,000. I don't know if I can do that. Come on. That's what? in your range now? <laughs> no, no. What, what's the, the math on that for just a couple of sips, right? Like if oh, you just man. wanted to like, you know, a little taster. Don't even want to think about it. Well, yeah, like, <laughs> right, just a, a little, just a little sample. Be like 50, no, $5,000 for just one so, ounce yeah. shot. Yeah, yeah just right. break it down. No, can't do that. <laughs> nope.
Aces here. What do you yes, got yeah, big day uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. A busy stretch for them. They have five games over the next eight days. All starts tonight against the Seattle Kraken, and they are happy to have Andre Kuzmenko back available for the team. We'll hear from Kuzmenko, who spoke earlier today, and then a very important game, probably uh, the highest stakes game of the day for Vancouver sports fans. It was the UBC Thunderbirds hosting Sena FX at Thunderbird Stadium. We'll have those highlights with a win UBC would move on to the Vanier Cup so a very big game but uh, yeah Yvonne Travis I think the most interesting uh, the highly entertaining game most uh, entertaining <laughs> game of the day so far was at uh, Windermere Park where the under 10 girls won their game ah, today congrats. yeah good job by them yeah the coaching applause. was suspect but the girls played well <laughs> and they got the win in the end nice were you, coaching? Were you coaching, Asa? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. right? Okay. <laughs> you got them the, yeah, the way. the coaching. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Asa. Well, if music memorabilia is the kind of thing that puts you in a state of nirvana, you'll want to stick around. Kurt Cobain's iconic guitar that he played at his last show has just been sold. We'll tell you how much it went for. Stay with us. SpaceX launched its new rocket Saturday morning, Starship. The biggest, most powerful rocket ever built reached new milestones, but some issues after takeoff ended the test flight early. Joe Scarpelli has more. SpaceX may not have completed its entire mission on Saturday, but some major milestones are still being celebrated. Three, two, one. This was a scene shortly after 8 a.m. Eastern in Southern Texas. Starship successfully lifted off and separated from the booster reaching space. Starship for the first time ever has entered it's space. It's in space. It's in space. <laughs> Starship was then supposed to fly most of the way around Earth before landing back down safely off the coast of Hawaii. But after about eight minutes, the flight came to an end when the onboard safety system appeared to have intentionally destroyed the vehicle. The booster also exploded, but had already done its job. SpaceX founder Elon Musk was there watching it all unfold from behind launch controllers. Now, despite the explosions, the flight made it much further than the test in April. During that first attempt, Starship lost control and exploded over the Gulf of Mexico just four minutes into that flight. Regarding Saturday's mission, SpaceX posted on X with a test like this, success comes from what we learn, and today's test will help us improve Starship's reliability as SpaceX seeks to make life multi-planetary. And that post referring to SpaceX's goal of sending people back to the moon, and ultimately Mars. Joe Scarpelli, Global News. One of the signature hats worn by Napoleon himself is expected to go for nearly $1 million at an auction on Sunday. The bicorn hat, distinctive for its broad shape with two corners, is the star of the auction that will be held in Paris. Napoleon made the bicorn hat a trademark and symbol for his historical reign throughout the French Revolution. In addition to the famous hat, the auction features a collection of other items said to belong to Napoleon. Those attending are preparing to spend big for these priceless artifacts belonging to the famous emperor. That legendary guitar used in Kurt Cobain's final performance during Nirvana's 1994 tour and a pair of Cobain's Levi's jeans have sold for a world record price. Together, the guitar and jeans fetched just over $2 million U.S. at an auction in Nashville on Friday. Julian's auction says the blue guitar is the most well-documented and recognizable of all Cobain's instruments. 
And in his final interview, Cobain himself called it his favorite guitar model. A portion of the proceeds of the Sky Stang guitar will benefit the Kicking the Stigma Foundation for Mental Health Awareness. After the break, Ace is here with sports. The Vancouver Canucks looking to bounce back from their 5-2 loss on Thursday as they take on the Kraken tonight. Celebrate National Kinesiology Week. Physical activity can help you feel better, move better, and live better. Learn how a kinesiologist can improve your health through movement at bcak.bc.ca. Get into the holiday spirit with the Salvation Army's Christmas Kettle Campaign. That campaign is one of Canada's largest and most recognizable annual charitable events. There are more than 2,000 kettle locations across Canada that support a wide range of Salvation Army programs. In partnership with BC Cancer Foundation, with you, life beyond cancer is within reach. Give at bccancerfoundation.com. Hundreds of superheroes, princesses, and aliens filled the Rutland Centennial Hall for Kelowna Comic Con. The event was originally scheduled for August, but had to be cancelled due to the wildfires. For anyone into comics, sci-fi, anime, or gaming, this is their playground. There were vendors, actors, and cosplay, and a last-minute guest that turned out to be a big draw. So, Michael Cadlitz, uh, we got a call uh, just the last minute that he was coming to town uh, and he said well why don't I come out and give you guys a hand and do some uh, I'll do some signatures. Cudlet starred as Abraham on The Walking Dead and currently plays Lex Luthor on Superman and Lois. Kelowna's next Comic-Con is June 22nd and 23rd and it will be held at the Capitol News Center. You a big Comic-Con comic kind of guy? Like comics, like sci-fi, never been to a Comic-Con. Always wanted to go, though. I've covered like one. Okay. It's, it's amazing energy. Lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been to one myself, but it would be a comic lover. That's a good point, actually. Comic. I just remembered I did, I did cover one, so I never attended one as a fan, but uh, covered one and uh, spoke to Rufio from Hook, which was awesome. Like, such a cool experience. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. cool. It's all coming back to you now. Yeah. <laughs> comic lover's playground. I know sports is your playground. Yes. What's yes, going on? Lots going on. Well, the UBC Thunderbirds football team was one win away from returning to the Vanier Cup for the first time since 2015. Once again, it was St. FX standing in their way. The T-Birds hosted the X-Men earlier today at Thunderbird Stadium. And it was UBC. a beautiful day for football in Vancouver. Rooker first quarter, this drive capped off by a TD pass from Garrett Rooker to Sam Davenport. He was the hero last week in the, in the Hardy Cup game. And uh, you guess the opening TD today. Still in the first Another play-action pass, another UBC touchdown. This time it's Dane Kapler. Rooker had a great game with 303 passing yards and, th and four touchdowns in this game. The special teams was special. Cesar Rednor-Bruckman returns this punt 60 yards for the major. Turns that corner, tiptoes the sideline, gives the punter a shove. Gets into the end zone. That put UBC up by 21. They go on to win this game 47-17. UBC will face the Montreal Carabins in the Vanier Cup next weekend at Queen's University in Kingston. Obviously, we were up 14-0 um, last week as well. Um, we went up 14-0 this week. I think it was just taking care of the football. We had a lot of turnovers last week. Um, didn't have many this week, and our defense, you know, got the ball back for us a lot um, this game. And it was just, I think we kept the momentum up the entire game, which was huge for us.
BC Lions President Dwayne Vienno and CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi in Hamilton unveiling next year's Grey Cup logo. Plenty of West Coast flair in this one. Some mountains, recognizable BC place as well. 111th Grey Cup goes next November 17th and it is going to be a party. Definitely need to well, get some tickets, some hotels and uh, enjoy that party. Been to a few CFL Grey Cup parties. Always a blast. Meanwhile, a scary scene on Wednesday when Andre Kuzmenko took a puck to the face in the Canucks game against the Islanders. Well, he was back on the ice for the game day skate today and is ready for tonight's contest against the Seattle Kraken. How are you feeling? <laughs> he's good. <laughs> yes, he's good. I think he's good. <laughs> I'm happy <laughs> uh, because I'm broken. His uh, puck shoot is a little down, is a little up. It's, I have a problem, yes. But it's uh, very good lucky. Very good lucky. I like it this moment because after one game I come back to teams. I like it. It's a very important moment for me because I don't want to uh, lose game because I have to team. All right, to the pitch now, CONCACAF Nations League playoff. Canadian national team coach, Morbiello, leading Canada against Jamaica in the two-leg playoff. Canada trying to qualify for CONCACAF Nations League finals. Heavy rain postponed the match to this morning. Pitch was swampy. Canada getting it done in the end. Kyle Lahren splitting a couple defenders and then setting up, was set up by Jonathan David, rather. Uh, or setting up Jonathan David for the tap-in there. That gave uh, Canada a 1-0 lead. It was 1-1. Jamaica did tie it, but then in the 86th minute, Vancouver Whitecap, Richie Larea making the run and cutting it back beautifully for Stephanie Stacchio. Canada going on to win this one in Jamaica, beating the Reggae Boys on their turf for the first time since 1988. Second leg goes in Toronto next week. Winner getting a berth into the 2024 Copa Americas. All right, Formula One racing and qualifying under the lights on the Las Vegas Strip. They spent over half a billion dollars to build this in Las Vegas and not looking like a great investment. The uh, tickets for hotel rooms plummeting and, uh, yeah, the uh, restaurants and bars not as busy as they expected either. F1 overpricing and overvaluing itself. Ferrari cars qualifying 1-2 late last night. Charles Leclerc snatching pole position by 44 thousandths of a second over Carlos Sainz. Sainz bumped 10 spots down the starting grid after being assessed an engine penalty. Race goes just after 10 o'clock hour time tonight. That should be exciting. Travis, and uh, just going back to the uh, Grey Cup announcement for next year, seeing the logo and everything, does get me excited because if, if you ever cover one of those, that is a blast. Would like to get down there. Have not covered one. Grey Cup I, is a party. Yeah, I would like cover it or go to one. I haven't gone to a Grey Cup go. game either, but that would be great. Um, just looking at that F1 video, I mean, Vegas looks like it was made for it. It's I know. too bad it's not yeah. working. I was there a few weeks ago, and actually, yeah, I was excited for it. I thought it looked pretty cool, but... Uh, yeah, just not working out. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, it looked like a like a Mario video game. That yeah. was pretty colorful. Okay, thanks, Asa. After the break, we'll tell you about an initiative in North Vancouver that's getting people in the holiday spirit, all while empowering seniors. Stay with us. North Vancouver, hundreds of people got into the festive spirit today at a Christmas market in support of local seniors. Community reporter Safia Pirani has more. Well, I had retired and I was looking for something to do. And I'd always been interested in, I'd, I'd done woodworking. 
For new learner, woodwork has been a passion for more than 20 years, and he is one of many showcasing their handmade items at the Silver Harbor Seniors Activity Center's Christmas Market in North Vancouver. Charcuterie boards, cutting boards, cheese boards, and bowls, wooden bowls, of course, and uh, the wooden toys up there as well. Everything that's for sale here is something the seniors have learned to create in their classes. We have at least 50 artists and uh, artisans and crafters who work all year round in preparation for this Christmas market. Uh, in pottery, in weaving, in woodworking, stained glass, crafting, um, you name it. The funds from the Christmas market end up supporting the programs and services that seniors need throughout the year. And while these initiatives empower seniors to explore their creativity and polish their skills, the true meaning goes beyond that. We work together and we kind of help each other. So it's, um, yeah, it is community. You know, it's also the social aspect. Sometimes we don't produce very much at all because we're doing laughing, joking and sharing things. It's really an opportunity to be part of a community, to give to that community um, and that, that sense of welcome amongst peers, uh, the sense of friendship amongst peers just adds to that great opportunity for local seniors. A day of spreading joy and supporting local for the holidays. Safia Parani, Global News. Great initiative there. A little big turnout too. Lots yeah. of people That's in there. Um, for people maybe wanting to do some uh, festive <laughs> things outdoors, what's it looking like? Uh, tomorrow morning, that's where we're going to see uh, heavy rain with very windy conditions, but then it'll ease off as we get in through the day. So if you're making plans uh, to round off the weekend tomorrow, it's tomorrow morning. Also, especially many areas along the south coast could see the potential for some power outages, so be prepared. A nice break will be on Monday, next weather maker on Tuesday. It's a blip in the forecast and then followed by some sunshine for Wednesday, Thursday. Not bad. It's been great. Already looking forward to Monday. <laughs> okay, thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a good night. Uh, we'll see you at 11.